milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, we've got a jobs number that's coming out in a little while. Uh, we're going to report that when it comes out uh, to see what um, what we can expect about inflation and uh, the Federal Reserve moves next week as the consumer price index and the purchasing price index uh, come out next next week as well. So, uh, you know, heading into the holiday shopping season, there's been reports in other publications that have indicated that uh, uh, people are running out of money, um, but I don't think that has fully kicked in yet. We'll see. The stock market ahead of the jobs report has been stable, so we'll see what happens there. So we got our Hunter Biden indictments. Woo, doggy. Now that knee-jerk, you know, if I was a, a Pavlov dog and I was salivating, you know, I would salivate and I would chomp on, you know, the uh, food that was given me if I was hungry. Um, and we are all hungry for justice, aren't we? We're all hungry. We're all salivating like a Pavlov dog. We all want justice. But I have a couple of things that, to, to say about that. I, for one, think that this is just yet another FBI corruption indictment um, where they're basically... Uh, making it so uh, the Biden crime family can obfuscate being uh, testifying under oath. So December 13th, they were supposed to go to a closed-door session before the House, and I believe that that's now in jeopardy. They were trying to get out of that. They wanted it to be an open-door session where everybody gets five minutes and the Democrats stomp their feet and hold motions and they were going to just make it a circus 
Um, and the Democrats, you know, they act like wackadoodles in these open hearings. Remember when Peter Strzok was on the platform, the dais, and uh, you know, the before the committee, and they they had uh, all kinds of uh, explosive outbreaks. Well, Hunter Biden would be no different. So they wanted a closed door session to try to fill in the gaps to what to what and ask ask questions to where they already know the answers. I mean, the answers are known. It's just you know you already have the dots on a map, and you're basically just asking to fill in the gaps that you know had to have taken place in order for those dots to be on the map. What they really need to do, though, is they need to tie the payments to policy decisions. And I believe that they could do that because every single thing that Joe Biden has done is unexplainable Unexplainable from a common sense perspective, from an American first perspective. You know, like, don't tell me the border is secure and then open it. Don't make the decisions you've made with China with regard to penalties, uh, harsh penalties for fentanyl distribution, like, like happened under Trump. Biden removed all that. And he did a lot more with energy independence. So we have a lot to talk about with regard to Hunter Biden because these nine indictments, I think six were misdemeanors and three were felonies, could get him up to 17 years. Oh, big deal, big whoop. Tax evasion. So the point is, is that this is not going to go anywhere because at the end of the rainbow, it is going to be a um, a pardon anyway. Joe, Joe Biden will pardon Hunter, sure as I'm sitting here. But it's not just about that. It's about preventing sworn testimony. Now, normally, if you violate a subpoena, we learned this yesterday on an audio clip that I played yesterday. And the guy said, well, what happens is, what happens when there's a, you know, what happens when there is a, a subpoena and Abby Lull, Hunter Biden's attorney, and also Senator Menendez's attorney too, but Abby Lull's everywhere that the corruption is. And it's not because he's a great attorney. He's not. What he is is an attorney with deep connections. That's why they keep going to the same name. Abby Lull's been in the D.C. Beltway drinking bourbon and smoking cigars with the best of them for a long time. And there's a lot of people that owe Abby money or exchange for money, I should say. You know, he gets he's a lobbyist is what he is. He gets paid to pay people off. And he does it legally or he does it within the confines of 
a legal structure, and somehow things go away. Sometimes you threaten to stick, and uh, and then you you get what you want, and sometimes you pay it off with money. But you know, extortion works in a lot of different ways. Like if a senator, for example, or a congressman decides that they're going to get serious about border security. And all of a sudden it's in the news for two weeks and they all get serious about border security and they sign on the dotted line that they promise to build a wall. But they know also that the only thing left in its way is funding, appropriations, financing for the wall because the wall doesn't get built for free. Somebody has to pay for it. And it's at that point that they showed how serious they are, that they already signed that they want the wall, that the wall has been approved. All it needs is money, appropriations. Next thing you know, all the cartel lobbyists, all the fentanyl-pushing lobbyists, all of the... uh, uh, human traffickers, lobbyists, all the Catholic charities, lobbyists, all of the, you know, all these people who've been making billions of dollars off of all this illegal, illicit trade going through the southern border step up and they pony up. And the corporations who want that slave labor also say, oh, you're serious. Those corporations love that slave labor. And so what happens is they reach deep in their pockets and they pay the politicians to stonewall and delay the appropriations or funding for the wall. And then the wall never gets built. And then you get a guy like Paul Ryan that stands up there and says, as Speaker, we need the right guy in the White House. Otherwise, we can't get the appropriations because he's going to veto it. We don't have a veto-proof of majority. And he's going to say all that stuff And it's just, they already knew how this was going to play out before they even started. But it was a way for them to get paid off. And if they didn't get paid off, then they would close the wall. They would do it, they would go far enough to where the payoff would happen. The same thing is done with wars, and the same thing is done with uh, treaties and trade deals. USAID on behalf of the State Department and the CIA. It's a very corrupt world we live in. But getting back to the Hunter thing, this is all a ruse. These, uh, these um, what was it, 11 indictments or 9 indictments? I think it was 6 and 3 or, or, or 9 and 3. But I think it was, no, no, it was, it was 6 and 3, it was 9. And so in any case, nine indictments, right? And now he doesn't have to speak because now Abby Law has a legal standing to get out of the December 13th closed session hearing. And guess what? He can say, well, <laughs> we, just got, we just got indicted. This is now a legal matter and we can't uh, disclose anything. We can't say anything. This is uh, protected speech. We can't talk about that right now. It's something that Chris Ray has made an art form of. 
and his FBI is the one that's involved with it. Now, there's another little wrinkle to this. Gets me thinking about, where. hey, where was this indictment? Gavin Newsom country. Gavin Newsom country. So he stands to gain if he were to take the Biden crime family down, doesn't he? Gavin Newsom? He wants to be president, right? So he can make this one way or the other. He can make it anything he wants. Because it's the California FBI field office that's in charge of this. And what they'll do is, you know, and Chris Ray's already made it clear that the Richmond field office, uh, you know, he didn't have any jurisdiction over what they were doing with the parents and teachers out of Loudoun County. You know, he didn't know what was going on down there in the Richmond field office. And then you got the California field office, you know, they're doing some stuff. I don't know what they're doing, really. That was handled by someone else. Well, Gavin Newsom has a little sway over what gets done in his own state. And you just wonder where his head is. Maybe he needs some extra money for a rail system where he can milk it off and get his palm greased. Maybe he needs some federal funding. It's always going to end up, a portion of that federal funding is always going to end up in his pocket. Kickbacks. They love them. And then you think about Florida, and you think about then the FBI down there. Oh, the FBI field office down in Florida. We're going to raid Mar-a-Lago. You think DeSantis could have done something about that? I think so. I think DeSantis could have done something about that. But again, DeSantis had his own interests, right? The Paul Ryan and company, Jeb Bush, uh, favor favorite. DeSantis, Fox News' favorite candidate, Ron DeSantis. Could have done something about that Mar-a-Lago raid, but he didn't. And so the corruption in politics knows no bounds. Meanwhile, you got Zelensky and the Ukraine conflict. You got these guys, Kirby was on the dais, saying, if you don't pay us, we're going to send your kids to war. And, you know, we heard uh, we heard this exchange with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy um, with uh, Brian Kilmeade. That was a fiasco. Brian Kilmeade looked like a dodo brain. But the thing is, there, they're like, no, that's only if they invade a NATO country, section, you know, section five or article five or whatever. Okay, so the thing is is like so then they're making the they're making the claim if if we don't fund Ukraine, Russia takes over Ukraine and now they're pitted up against Poland and some and, and some other NATO countries, maybe Latvia and Lithuania and all this that and the other. And uh and then it's just a matter of time before they hit a NATO country, and it's going to be your kids going because it's Article Five. It's a, it's a you know NATO, NATO treaty. We have to send our forces. Then they're banking on Putin being like a madman, and Putin's by far. I mean, I don't think he's a madman. I think in a lot of ways, Putin treats his people better than Biden treats, say, the J Sixers or Trudeau chase, treats the. Ottawa truckers. 
Yeah, I would say that the G7 globalist scumbags are the are are worse than Putin ever was. Yeah, all these leaders, Jacinda Ardern, shooting people in the face with rubber bullets over COVID. I mean, give me a break. I've had it with you, G7 uh, globalists, Westerners. You know, you've actually made me want to move. You know, people are moving to Mexico in droves. They'd rather live in Mexico than live in the United States. <laughs> That's what we've become. With this open borders and double two standards of justice and corrupt FBI and illicit spending of your tax dollars, it's insane. And we're $33 trillion in debt with a high interest rate and an inability to buy anything. The American dream is dead, according to the statistics. Yeah. So we have some statistics out. And it's pretty sad, really, when you think about it. Um, it says here, Unusual Wales, one of my favorite go-to finance uh, reporting companies, says 36% of Americans believe the American dream that anyone can get ahead through hard work is still true. That's down from 48% in 2016 and 53% in 2012. So globalism, and I wrote a response to that, and I said globalism, scandemics, you know, like the uh, COVID pandemic that was planned, plandemic, uh, the climate hoax, and the looming CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, and the transfer of power from the middle class to unelected power elites that support a that support a super global monopoly new world order perpetual wars depopulation strategies and one world governance have failed when people have no faith in their country and have no faith in their leadership and hate each other in a divided uh, discriminating and racist uh, way like has been perpetuated by the PSYOPs out of the Obama administration with his Sololensky style MK MKUltra. Um, I think what you end up having is you have a divided country like we have. I don't think we've ever been as divided as we've we've been in our country since the Civil War, and, and maybe the worst in, in history. And this all started in the wake of uh, 9-11, where we were unified under George W. Bush, who also, we found out, was a globalist and a New World Order guy that really did not put America first. We found that out later. And we found out about the Cheneys and Halliburton and Enron. And we ha found out that they were exploiting these wars for profit. And people like Kofor Black and Mitt Romney were getting rich off of all this stuff. 
So, yeah, um, the, the sentiment for American tradition is down. No wonder, because you have uh, the Biden, you know, Joe Biden basically saying this. Let's see. Hold on. You have him saying this. And uh, let's take a listen. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Nonstop. Nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. Well, you know, uh, that's interesting when he says that, right? Because Mayorkas is sitting beside him. Let's take a listen to a little bit more of this audio clip presentation that's pretty cool. Um, when I was in office, uh, this is Jay Johnson. Numbers were annually about 300, 400,000 a year. We're now getting that in a matter of six to eight weeks. Mm. Scary. The numbers that are coming out in response to this are 12,000 migrant encounters in the southern border yesterday. The highest single-day total ever recorded. This includes 10,200-plus Border Patrol apprehensions of illegal immigrants amongst the highest daily It's totals. so obvious. Who wants to have open borders where jails and prisons of other countries are being bus-loaded into buses and trains and being sent into our country? Releasing criminals into the streets. They're releasing prisoners, bail, they're releasing murderers, rapists, drug dealers into our country. And you say, who would do that? And they know it's happening and they just let it happen. We're already seeing climate refugees around the world. If you think migration has been a problem in Europe from the Syrian war or even from what we see now, where do you see 100 million people for whom the entire food production capacity has collapsed. Sir, why so, do you- so, so they're going to blame climate change on, on the demand for my, um, migration. I think that this administration has allowed virtually an open border. I believe that they're trying to change the demographics of the electorate. That's what I believe that they're doing. Um, they know they, they want to stay in power, and the only way to stay in power is to continue to get ele- elected. They can't get elected on their policies because their policies are bad. Wow, that says it. And all while they're coming across, we've got groups out in the desert running the drugs, running the child trafficking, sex trafficking, all of that being aided and vetted. Venezuela, Cuba, Colombia, all day. All day, every day. Every one of them putting money in the cartel's pockets and the NGOs in America who are aiding and abetting the invasion of this country in their pockets and the Democrat open border leftists that are inviting this into our country. All of which have lobbyist groups that pay politicians off. Secretary Mayorkas, for the record, are you aware, have you authorized, CBP agents to release illegal aliens into America without identifying, screening, or vetting them properly, or harvesting even basic biometric data like fingerprints. 
Uh, Congressman, um, our nation's so uh, sovereignty stands strong, and our brave men and women in in the Border Patrol and throughout U.S. Customs. Are you aware, have you authorized CBP agents early. to release illegal aliens into America without having properly vetted to identify them or collected at least basic biometric data like fingerprints? Congressman. Uh, I mean, you got millions coming across. Uh, Congressman, uh, our... Gentlemen from... Uh, uh, Ms. Higgins, allow the Secretary to It's answer. my time, Mr. Chairman. It, if I want to reclaim well, my time, I will. Uh, well... Uh, yeah, I'm going to move on without an answer. Mr. Chairman, are Mr. you asking to be, for me to yield your time? No, you, you, I'm the chair. Then I'm going to reclaim my no, time. You, look, we don't. Moving on, no, Secretary no, Mayorkas. The gentleman from. Are you interrupting my time, Mr. Chairman? Uh, or are you well, requesting me I'm to trying, yield your time? I'm trying to make sure that we this conduct. A, this guy's interfering with my Thompson. five minutes, Mr. Chairman. Ben well, Thompson. then the gentleman will. If you request you. me to yield your time, I'll give you time. No, but that's not the procedure. But that is the procedure. It, it is not. It yes, is not. it is. So, of course, look, it is. Look, I, I reclaim my time, and I, I want this time back, Secretary. So that's Benny Thompson. He um, he's in trouble uh, because uh, Ken Paxton's going to go after him, Benny Thompson. So, how do you like that? Um, right here. Let's see. Breaking, uh, actually, I, well, what, what it is is Ken Paxton is going after, uh, I think it was Matt Gates and Benny, uh, and Ken Paxton are going after Ben Thompson. Right here, right here it is. Matt Gates to introduce resolution to censure Benny Thompson over mishandling of January 6th committee files. FBI Director Ray contempt of Congress hearing Thursday. Uh, Biden, $5 million uh, Ukraine bribe, true, and so corrupt Democrats uh, cover up with Trump indictment. Right. So uh, the, F the FBI is attempting a cover-up right before our eyes, and Democrats are doing their bidding for lying. A.G. Barr handed over the FBI record that alleges a bribery scheme by the VP Biden, by then VP Biden, to the U.S. attorney in Delaware for further investigation. The record is not closed. So this was the oversight committee that said that. And here's the thing. The thing is, Benny Thompson was running that show, and he's the guy that was cutting off uh, Representative Clay, Tra uh, Travis Clay, and... Uh, or no, not Clay Travis, um, but uh, the guy from Louisiana who was just speaking. So, uh, Ken Paxton is uh, making some moves as well, so we're going to get to that in, in, later in the show. I have a couple of uh, other things I want to cover. So, Hunter Biden's indictment is a cover-up giving him a free pass to get out of the December 13th closed-door hearing without criminal prosecution. I wonder if Gavin Newsom had as much to do with the with allowing the FBI cover-up in California as DeSantis had with the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. That's a good question. I think it's worth something. You know, earlier in the week we showed you uh, about the three 
Ivy League pre- uh, presidents. Um, and it was uh, Claudine Gay, Liz McGill, and Sally Cornbluff. Their responses of Harvard, UPenn, and MIT. Well, it turns out that Representative Fox and Stefanik uh, both uh, are going to prosecute or investigate. They're going to investigate those universities. And what they're going to end up finding is a whole lot of funding from Qatar and the Middle East that perpetuates this hatred of Jews and and this this uh you know affection for Hamas it's all orchestrated by these universities who are indoctrinating our kids and it's a shame and it just goes to show you how easily um these things can be so i want to also have you listen to uh, Admiral Kirby, who's the speak, press spe- White House press spe- speaker, when uh, Jean Pierre can't do it, Tucker Carlson confirms that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin threatened to send your uncles, cousins, and sons to fight Russian Russia unless m- more money is sent to Zelensky. The revolution, uh, the revelation, comes just days after White House official John Kirby said that American blood will be the cost of supporting Ukraine if we stop sending them them money. Your government has an addiction, has an addiction, and the addiction is war. Let's take a listen to this. And so we can't support Ukraine. Their chief advisor yesterday said they're likely to lose this war if they lose U.S. support. And Putin gets all of Ukraine, then what? Then where does he go? Because right then, he's up against the eastern flank of NATO. This is such amateur thinking. And if you think the cost of supporting Ukraine is high now, just imagine how much higher it's going to be. Not just in national treasure, but in American blood. If he starts going after one of our NATO allies, because as the president also said, we take our Article 5 commitments very seriously. Article 5 is the NATO article that says... You hit one of us, you hit all of us, and we have to go to war. It's just like if you invade Poland, you invaded the United States, we go to war. So in any case, this is such a crock because Ukraine is hardly a buffer for Russia. to If they wanted to hit a NATO nation, they could easily do it. The whole reason why this war started was NATO aggression and expansion. And the fact that Ukraine was trying to get into NATO is uh, one of the reasons why the war started. They were trying to put NATO up against Russia all along. So Russia goes and takes Ukraine, and now they got their wish. NATO is against Russia. So how is it any different? How, where's the logic there? If NATO... If Ukraine joined NATO, which they suggested should happen, which is part of NATO aggression and expansion, that would put NATO right up against Russia. So Russia decided, well, if we're going to be right up against NATO, we might as well take Ukraine. After all, you got a moron in the White House right now and Joe Biden, so why not do it? If it was Donald Trump, we wouldn't do it. But it's... Joe Biden, so we will do it. You got, you know, um, Jake Sullivan over there that doesn't know 
anything. You got this guy, this Kirby guy, lying to the American people. They're the enemy of the people. And Putin knows it. He understands our, G, our political atmosphere more than we do. So you got that. And, uh, all right, I'm just going through my audio. So here, now you got Brian Kilmeade pushing the, the Admiral Kirby, Nikki Haley wing of the neocon agenda. Let's take a listen to this. This was a just a bunch of slop. It's the reason why I don't watch Fox and Friends. This is trending on social media. Brian Kilmeade has been declared that one of the dumbest anchors ever. And I can't believe the guy has a radio show to boot. But, yeah, but the problem, I just like to know when his policy is just ridiculous on, on Russia and Ukraine. He says, tell Russia basically they can have Ukraine if they promise not to have an alliance with China. I mean, if there's. Uh, can, can you hear, hear us now? Hey, Vivek. Vivek, I can hear. Vivek yep. are, you comfortable, Vivek are you comfortable with Russia taking as much as Ukraine as they want? Are you comfortable pulling all our aid out? And do you really believe that Vladimir Putin will agree not to have an alliance with China? I think we have to be play hardball there and make a hard deal that requires any reneging on that deal to have major consequences. Like what? Like for sanctions so like we have right now? Well, look, I think that we have to be able to have real consequences, maximum pressure campaign. We have sanctions. We don't have a maximum pressure campaign. And I can go into the details of that, and I have at the Nixon Library and elsewhere. But what I'm saying, Brian, is the clear principles are this war doesn't advance U.S. interests. Yes, the it does. Russia-China if you give up Eastern Europe, if you give up Eastern Europe, we'll be in a world war. Your, if I may ask your question, if right. you ask the question, please, I want to make sure I answer it. Answer you. I'll give it is detailed, in our interest. Detailed contours of a deal. By the way, Ukraine isn't Eastern Europe, and Russia is not invading Eastern Europe. They're invading Ukraine. I think it is not in our interest to strengthen the Russia-China alliance, and I think our policy it's right now done is anyway. driving Russia further into China's well, arms. It's going to be I done anyway. With you, you, I respectfully you disagree with you on that. keep Russia from China. I think Russia is going... I think the answer is we are driving Russia into China's hands. There are kinks in the armor of that relationship. Look at Russia sending weapons to India and to Vietnam after other meetings they've had. This is our opportunity. Nixon did this in 1972. And Brian, respectfully, people like you said the same thing, that Nixon right. couldn't do it. Well, it's an outsider I was, who's I was skeptical seven. of that establishment. That's going to be me. Uh, I was seven well, years I old. Can, but you, uh, we, but, we but, can both, but, you just both students well, of history. Okay, I, I, and I, so they, I trust they, you to know that. Are you comfortable <laughs> giving up Eastern Europe? Because you know they're already taking Moldova, I'm, already making moves on the Baltic. Moldova. Already. They're taking more and more pieces of I'll Georgia. And all with. we've done is sit there and send blankets and MREs. And we. That's not true. If blankets and MREs cost us $200 billion, then shame on our government. Um, the th fact is, we want an audit, and you're going to hear Vivek say that. But what uh, Brian Kilmeade is saying is a pack full of lies. And not only that, but there's just so much corruption. We got an invasion. So what is going to be next? Because we have no idea how Ukraine has spent $200 billion of our money. We're forking over more taxpayer money. Do you so see how they fight? The crack can buy These guys house. are the best That's fighters corrupt, in the world. Now he's saying that the, the Nazi uh, white supremacist Ukraine fighters are the best fighters on the planet. I mean, it's absolutely absurd to think that.
dollars of our money. We're forking over more taxpayer money. Do you so see how they fight? The crack can These guys house. are the best that's fighters corrupt, in the. And I'm not going to stand for Ukrainians that. Ukrainians are probably the best fighters in the world. They're not. Ukrainians fighting for their sovereignty. Well, you, and they I were mean, invaded. The news they were invaded. Ukraine has actually assassinated a former presidential candidate from 2019. It just makes you sound so naive. doesn't like to report that. So naive. Well, you give up Ukraine, and then a few years you'll be criticizing Joe way. Biden for giving up Ukraine. I respectfully, uh, you know, we, we, we can respectfully. Have, uh, Brian, I, I think that if, if I called Nikki Haley naive, you guys would be having a conniption. Let's be honest about that. But you want to call me naive? I actually understand what the heck I'm talking about well, here. Really? Nixon did this in '72. We can actually, we can actually split Just, up the Russia-China alliance and, and what advance happened, American interests. I think and protect World War II is your better what, example. I think it is offensive. World War II well, is your better no, example. World War II, yeah, one is a diplomatic approach Japan, and one is an active Japan, war. Germany. If you could have split up Japan and Germany, then I do think that you actually have a good example. Really? Of World War Fox II. and you Friends. You're going to convince Hitler not to go with a fascist nation. Fox and Friends is going downhill fast. Nation. And for the, I'm not talking about convincing anybody, Brian, but the fact of the matter is I think it is offensive that people would sooner use $200 billion of our resources to protect some other nation's foreign border that's not a democracy when, you, in fact, we're not do even both. doing that effectively You can here do both. It's not either border. or. We're doing neither. It's neither. It's not neither, either Brian, or. And that's All the right. fact of the matter. Yeah. And I think this neocon wisdom needs to be relegated no, forget to the neocon wisdom. No one buys into right? that. The, Just give I, up I, Eastern Europe. Just give up Eastern Europe. Why not? Afghanistan. Look at those results. The same people that took it to Iraq and Afghanistan are trying to do this again in Ukraine, and it's already been a disaster. Time you for the neocons to admit Not one soldier is there. Not one American soldier is there. Something they have done. Well, Lloyd just Austin get, just threatened earlier this week that we are going to send our troops unless we pass that aid package, actually. So, okay. Brian, you mark my words. Listen to Lloyd Austin, who's advancing the same policies as Nikki He's Haley saying he's going to send troops exactly if they move to a NATO nation, not to Ukraine. Pay attention. He said he expressly said that what's going to require sending troops if we don't actually right, we got, pass we got, we have the to Ukraine he aid. Said if so they I think take that this a NATO is a boneheaded foreign policy, and I think that the All hard right, answer fellas. is that we need to but protect they, Americans. That's the answer. Well, you know, what's interesting about this is Trump had it right all along. Trump said, let's bring Russia into G7 and make it G8 again, because they used to be in it. And then they were annexed from it. Right, because of the neocons and liberals. And the thing is, bring them back in. And we would have made them uh, rich. We would have made Russia wealthy. And it would have been great for their people. And they would have had so much to look forward to that they would have never gone into the arms of China. And they would have never invaded Ukraine because the cost would be too high. It's a simple mathematical equation. If someone pays you $500,000 a year to do a job, you're going to probably take that job a little more seriously than someone paying you, you know, $50,000 a year. Right? You know, you're probably going to when the when you when you pick up on the first ring when someone calls and you deliver on the goods. You know, you do you do your best work because you don't want to risk losing $500,000 a year. 50000 you could probably get that replaced real quick uh, with something else. Land on your feet. But, you know, the thing is, is that uh, the same thing is true. 
you can you can build an alliance that's so good and healthy and strong. Fall in love with each other, Russia and the United States. They'll never want to go to Russia, uh, China. China was the China was the reaction to the pressure from NATO and the G seven nations. That's what that was. I mean, to give you a little bit of a sample of Brian Kilmeade on uh, when he comes to Ron DeSantis and Jeb Bush, let's take a listen. There are people in public life that are kind of check-the-box politicians, and then there are others that Jeb want to Bush. serve, and uh, Governor DeSantis is one of those. George H.W. Bush was a first baseman in 1947 and 48 for the team. They were both captains of the Yale baseball team. It's your dad. And it's a guy that he clearly has said before he's looked up to. And yeah. to have to know he was captain on the very field. I think Governor Sinis would say, as he told me once, I'm a better hitter. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to hit Governor oh, DeSantis yeah. on how he's only giving the vaccine to people that voted for him. What did you think of that? They were trying to set him up, and he knew it, and he, he, he punched him in the nose. How would you say he acted in crisis? Gets an A, for sure. When these, the storm when Ian hit... It's devastating. I mean, it is. It's wiped out Southwest Florida. They're looking for, for someone to give them hope that things are going to get better. The fact that he could announce that, for example, the bridge to Sanibel Island could be built in a record time and open within 10 days, I think, is pretty remarkable. And he hasn't declared yet. Many in the Republican Party hope he soon will. Is this Ron DeSantis's opportunity to run for higher office? I think it is. He's been a really effective governor. He's young. I think we're on the verge of a generational change in our politics. I kind of hope so. I think it's time for a more forward-leaning, future-oriented conversation in our politics as well. Which has made him, should he choose to run for president, a serious contender in Republican politics. And who better to do it than uh, someone who's been outside of Washington, who's governed effectively, who I think has shown that Florida could be a model for the future of our country. So that's uh, Brian Kilmeade when he talks about Ron DeSantis with Jeb Bush. But you saw then earlier how he was speaking with Vivek Ramaswamy. And he probably hates Trump, has as much disdain for Trump as Vivek. All right, here's the uh, here's another Ken Paxton story. Pfizer committed biological war crimes. Ken Paxton will be suing them under the Deceptive Trade Act. Pfizer lied and many people died. So it's kind of interesting. I think it's going to be an average of like 10,000 per person, 300, uh, 30 or 30,000 people. And a, a $300 million lawsuit, I think is going to something like that. But uh, yeah, the Pfizer lawsuit. So that's kind of interesting. Um, all right. I want to th- Take a listen to this uh, exchange with Maria Bartiroma. Let's take a listen. What, what does this mean for Hunter's uh, proposed testimony on Wednesday? He was supposed to go behind closed doors on Wednesday, right? Yeah, I don't know what it means. Uh, will he show up? Uh, if he doesn't show up, he could be found in contempt of Congress, uh, and that, that leads to other charges and other problems, uh, legal problems for for Hunter, Hunter Biden. But uh, you know, it may be very difficult for him to show up and try to explain where all this money came from and uh, why did this money come to him 
and where, in fact, did all this money go to? Why did he have 20, at least 20, shell companies that we know of? Uh, and so, you know, the more that he talks, uh, the more, more avenues will now be open for additional investigation. I think we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg here. I don't think we've gotten to the bottom yet. Well, maybe, but the president says he has no idea about any of this, that he's not involved in any of this. The House Rules Committee will consider a resolution to formalize that impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden on Tuesday of next week. The 14-page resolution lays out rules uh, and public hearings and uh, directs the committees to produce a public report on their findings. Hunter Biden's former business partner, Tony Bobulinski, uh, told me that he wants some answers from President Biden. Uh, he released this statement yesterday. Uh, he sent me this statement, and I want to read it to you. I am a former decorated naval officer who was willing to die for this great country and held the highest security clearance issued by the Department of Energy. Why is Joe Biden blatantly lying to the American people and the world by claiming that he did not meet with me face to face? He should call his son Hunter and brother Jim as they can remind him of the facts. The American people deserve the truth. Congressman Tony Bobulinski was a partner of Hunter Biden, and he told me yesterday, of course, he's met Joe Biden. Uh, what is Joe Biden, the president of the United States, his role in all of this? I think Joe Biden is, uh, is the brand. And, and the only reason that Hunter Biden was making all this money that he had to evade taxes for was because his father was the vice president of the United States. And so you know, the, the Biden name has been the brand and has been the brand for some time. Uh, and so, you know, for, for Joe Biden to blatantly lie to the American people and said he had no idea what uh, his son's business interests uh, were, uh, that he never met with any of his business partners, well, we all know that's, that's, that's a blatant lie. We have testimony, we have evidence that he met with them dozens and dozens of times, different partners from around the world. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Wablinski uh, is absolutely right. The president of the United States uh, has been lying to the American people, but hey, the president of the United States has been lying to the American people for 40 years. This is, not, this is nothing new. Uh, this is what he does and what he has done through his entire political career. Well, do we know how America has been impacted? In other words, was he getting paid for making policy decisions in favor of adversaries or foreigners like China? Well, listen, um, I've said all along that none of what, what uh, President Biden has been doing uh, since he became president makes sense unless you view it through that lens, that somehow he's compromised. And we know yeah. that he's received money from Ukraine, China, Russia, okay. Uzbekistan, and, and a, a bunch of other places. Right. All right? And so, yeah, it makes, it makes absolute sense that maybe the president of the United States could be compromised. That's why we need to have this inquiry, and the people of America, America needs to know exactly where their president stands. And Congressman, let me move on to another issue, and that All is right. an explosive hearing uh, with so we're going to switch gears to the hearing on the universities, and I want to play this clip real quick. Uh, let's take a listen to uh, Representative Stefanik. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules? It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct. It depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. 
And donors agree with Elise Stefanik. The Wharton Board of Advisors is calling for the president of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, to resign now after her testimony. This uh, testimony you just heard, her and her other college presidents unable to say that the genocide, calling for the genocide <laughs> of Jews, violates their code of conduct, uh, as the school is expected to lose a major $100 million donation as a result of this, Congressman. Donors are running. Uh, let me bring Cheryl Cassoni in on this. Go ahead, Cheryl. Well, Maria, it's not just that $100 million, but now, now they've got this new investigation that's going to be launched by the House. And, Congressman, I want to get your take on this, because now that you've got the Education Committee that's going to launch this full investigation, Elise Stefanik is going to be obviously leading the charge on this. What is the goal? Because, obviously, with these universities... Well, we know what the goal is. Um, well, the goal is to... Um, to, stra to straighten out what's going on with our young kids. Uh, Carlos Jimenez was the guest there, and he talks about it. It's like these kids are being manipulated uh, and mind-controlled by uh, an, a political agenda. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, so, so a representative, Fox, was the one that uh, they came out with um, with the uh, investigation, actually, and Stefanik is going to lead it. So the National Archives plans to provide more than 62,000 pages of additional records in response to House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer's requests, including President Biden's communications using email aliases and records related to Hunter Biden. That was in uh, reported by Fox News uh, yesterday. So that's kind of interesting. Um, we'll see what happens there. Also, I wanted you to take a listen to this. Um, this is actually kind of an interesting little uh, thing that we're gonna um, we're gonna explore. Let's see what the jobs numbers are. We said we're gonna look for the jobs. So strong jobs report across the board. So 199,000 jobs, unemployment rate down, uh, and our, uh, the hours are up. So here's the thing about that. That means that the Fed is more than likely going to do a rate hike. Uh, and they were you know, kind of concerned about that because they're trying to get the jobs market to slow down a little bit, spending and consumer and spending to go down it's kind of interesting how resilient the american economy is um all right let's take a listen to this this is uh the world economic forum and the globalists want you to drink alcohol wonder why all right so why do globalist elites want you to drink alcohol simple answer because it keeps you drunk and stupid and numb and they can control you uh is that why the push to get you drinking more seems so insidious these days now i just want to challenge you to see how much rhetoric around alcohol normalization you see this holiday season alone um, is alcohol a social control system akin to the push we talk about here a lot to keep you fat, to keep you eating junk food, eat less meat, bugs, processed food, rent your life, right? Uh, consider this. Why would the WEF, the World Economic Forum, uh, ask Saudi Arabia to start selling alcohol? If you've ever traveled in any Middle Eastern countries, you know that alcohol is banned 
in Muslim countries. Uh, the WEF had hoped that maybe Saudi Arabia would lift these rules when they build out their Neom, the 10-minute city that is currently in construction. Uh, they said no. We're not going to do that. Good for them. The audacity. Klaus Schwab and his merry band of globalists. Like, you know what? We have, we, we have managed to control the rest of the Western world. We would love for you to start really introducing alcohol and other substances here so that we can take some broader control of these people. Can right. you please do this? Maybe they think, you know, this 10-minute wall city, we've shown you images of it before. They think the that, line. like, the line, nobody's going to want to live there if they have to live sober in there. Or... They might actually live in a way sober that we don't want them to live. I don't know. You can sit, You think about the intention there. Um, last year, Western interests once again tried to get alcohol into the Middle East with the World Cup. Um, again, alcohol is not allowed in Qatar. Uh, they came this close to succeeding, but then at the last minute, the Qatari government said, actually, we just we can't do it. We're not comfortable with and it. And there was a lot of what Western media, like CNN, all these guys were like kind of pushing back on it, too. It was interesting to see like the, see, they're just sticks in the mud. Why aren't they like the West? Why aren't they selling alcohol? And everyone's right. getting drunk with, you know. Yeah. They said, hey, you can buy this Bud Zero all you want because Budweiser was one of the official sponsors. Yeah. Um, you can buy it. All day, it, it didn't sell, by the way. So, you know, that's what's interesting about that is, is alcohol is really bad for you. It just t- totally is. It's not, a, it's not a good thing. It's highly addictive. It's not good for you. So many lives have been destroyed by it. And yet globalists push that, but then they crack down on pronouns, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Let's take a listen. Rationale, wouldn't they do that for meat? People really like meat, right? right yeah, no, they want to take that away. So they want to take your why, meat away. By what rationale do they do this? Could it be along the same lines of population control? I just want to ask you this question. It's a it's a rhetorical question. Well, it's also the normalization too of you know allowing people to start really smoking as much marijuana as they want, right? Yes. And the legalization of marijuana, which keeps the population dumb as hell. Alcohol has a much higher fatality rate than marijuana. And a much higher addiction rate. Um, And it is one of the leading causes of preventable death and divorce and in this country. So uh, alcohol's danger rate is way beyond marijuana and cocaine, actually. Yeah. And a lot of other addictive drugs. Um, So I don't know about the cocaine part. Uh, It could be because of the the prevalent availability. You know, it's prevalent. It's it's available. But none of it's good. You know, the thing is, um, I was asked the question uh, through a fun little meme yesterday. And I said, if you had one drink, drink uh, or what would, what would you, uh, you know, what would your one drink be if you had one drink to drink on earth? And it would be, of course, water. <laughs> Simple. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to check out org. Find out how you can make America First great. America's, uh, find out how we're advancing America First policy to make America great again. Also, make a donation to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. Use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.